Hey everyone out there, how's it going? Welcome to Screen Speak. This is the podcast that's all about movies, life, and so much more. I'm Jordan Anderson, I'm your host. I'm always the host of this thing, not like it's anybody else, but I run this thing. This is my podcast, and I really appreciate you coming by and giving it a listen. If you have not done so already, please, please take a look at the podcast on uh, Instagram. Give it a follow on there, which is just at ScreenSpeak Podcast. You can go ahead and, of course, follow the podcast itself, download episodes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever that you choose to listen to your podcast at, you're likely to find ScreenSpeak there. So please go ahead and give it a follow. Help the growth of the podcast. Help support the channel. Uh, Really, really would appreciate that. And if you stick around to the end of this episode, I'm actually really excited. I, I I could almost just blurt it out right now. I'm that excited to talk about it. But this is the one-year anniversary episode for ScreenSpeak. I can't believe I've been doing this for a year. Lots of exciting content that's coming for year two. But in appreciation for everybody that listens to ScreenSpeak or any new listeners, I'm having a contest uh, for screen speak for your chance to win some cool movie merchandise. So more details on that at the end of the episode, but for now let's go ahead and jump into the content at hand. Uh, with me, I have uh, a guest that I've had on before though. It has been a while, but little backstory before I introduce him. Uh, he came on for the Lord of war episode that I had, and then we tried to record an episode for V for Vendetta and we recorded like two hours. I, I thought it was a great episode, great content. And then I had an issue exporting the audio file and essentially lost what we just spent time on. And so I haven't been able to have him back since. Hopefully, fingers crossed, this episode does not crash and burn. That's why I have him back here. Uh, we have John Ortman back on the podcast. Welcome, sir. Hello, guys. This is John Orman. Glad to be back. It's an honor to be back for the 50th episode slash one year anniversary, right? Yeah, one year. I I launched the podcast on August 13th. Uh, That's when this episode uh, will have been uploaded. So August 13th is when this when this thing started last year. The double honor. It's kind of crazy. I I wish that I I could say I had more episodes by episode 50 point, but I've talked about it before on my podcast. I had my wife immigrate here back in February, um, transitioned to a different uh, day job. I I won't get into any of that, but I had some I had some life stuff that was going on that was preventing me from trying to do the bar that I had initially set of two episodes per week. I didn't realize at the time that's actually that's actually quite a bit. Uh, especially yeah, if you're trying to line time job. <laughs> yeah, like if you're like trying to like line up guests and and you know just market the podcast and do everything and everything with it, it yeah, it added up to be a lot. But um we have our wedding coming up soon here in the next month. I'm expecting I'll have more time on my hands and thankfully my my wife civilly soon to be sacramentally supports the the podcast and wants me to continue to do it. So I got I got that on my side, so that's that's a good thing. Uh, but John, we're we're here to talk about Prey. Oh yeah, um, the, the second yeah, sorry, Predator movie I've seen. What's the so first? Not, the first? Well, I can't even consider it really a true Predator movie. I think it was Predator versus Aliens. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me that the only other Predator film that you've seen is a, is AVP? Yes, Aliens versus Predator. You haven't seen the original Predator. No. 
Wow. Was uh, Arnold I Schwarzenegger in that one? He is. 1987, okay. man. I think I seen a little snippet of it just the other day. <sighs> we got to rectify that. And and, and I, <laughs> I, I, try, I try to be respectful when those things come up because obviously I don't expect everybody to to watch or like movies always as much as myself especially here in iowa but um predators i mean it's it's an action classic absolute action classic you got schwarzenegger in his prime original concept you had this alien hunter just picking off marines in a forest that sounds like a good concept right there oh it does um, but actually, like, you know, this will still be interesting though, because you could watch this movie and not have any knowledge of any of the other movies and be perfectly fine to watch it. Uh, it works that I way. I love this movie. I thought this was an awesome one. So it kind of got me sold on the franchise. So did you, I mean, outside of, I guess, AVP, I mean, have you seen the predator? Have you heard of the predator? What do you know I've about heard of it? it? All I've seen was that little snippet with, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, in full muscled out gear and marine <laughs> outfit. I'm sure you've probably uh, seen the memes over the years where it's like, get to the chopper! Get wait, to the that's, chopper! That's from the Predator? It is. Oh my god. Yeah, I've even said that line before and I had no <laughs> clue where it was from. Iconic Arnold line, man. It's from the original. Wow. I'll have to have you over one of these nights. We'll we'll have to try to do a proper movie night because I I would be happily happily watch that movie. It's been a while since I've actually seen it. <clears throat> okay, I'm down. Um, but for those that haven't heard of this movie, Prey, I'll just read off the synopsis here just in case. So the official synopsis is is that a skilled Kamachi warrior uh, protects her tribe from a highly evolved alien predator that hunts humans for sport, fighting against the wilderness, the elements. Uh, including dangerous uh, colonizers and this mysterious creature in order to keep her people safe. And I would also add a line in the synopsis here in order to prove her worth to the tribe, because that's sort of a central theme I felt that ran through it is somebody trying to prove themselves. Um, I guess, would you, would you say that's accurate? Oh, very true. Yeah, she she had quite a few struggles in what she wanted to be in the tribe. Being a female in a Comanche tribe, you know, they're expected to do a certain role, and that's not the role that she really wanted to be. So she really had to prove herself, and there was a pretty good um, arc to it where she definitely had some struggles, but I guess I don't want to spoil a whole lot, but something's paid off in the end. No, it's it's absolutely worth watching. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind, if I was just going to give like a simple like rating for this movie. Cause I don't, I don't do rating systems. I, you know, one to 10, five stars, a plus what, whatever you want to call it. Um, I would definitely say though, that this movie is very satisfying, uh, especially if you're a fan of the franchise and you've been disappointed maybe with some of the sequels, because this movie goes back to basics. That's what I would call it because the very first predator movie is, Arnold Schwarzenegger, a bunch of Marines, they're in a isolated location and they're just being hunted sort of one by one and trying to survive. So the premise is very straightforward and yet the creature design is is complex and it has weapons and can camouflage and and, and kind of do what it does, but it's it's not that complicated, right? And I felt like as like Predator 2 uh Predators, you know, you eventually have The Predator, you have the AVP movies. 
some of the sequels you could debate are still good. I know there's a soft spot for people on Predator 2 with Danny Glover. I, I admit I, I do enjoy the movie, though I think it's imperfect. Uh, I do actually like Predators, the 2010 movie that was produced by Robert Rodriguez. That was pretty solid. Um, the Predator, I thought, was way too much. They just tried to cram way too many plot elements into it. It just didn't work on a lot of levels. And so I think there was frustration from the fan base of, like, why can't you just do something simple like that first one, right? And so I think this movie is kind of the answer to that because it's actually taken place before the first one. Uh, it's set 300 years before, uh, clearly during the Comanche uh, time in like the late 1700s, I want to say, is when this movie takes place. 1790, if I'm being exact. Yep. Uh, I, I could be right wrong. On that. Uh, <clears throat> but it's very satisfying. You have a Comanche uh, woman who's expected to just basically gather flowers, herbs, and cook and and not really do much more than that while the men hunt the bison and whatever to provide for their tribe. And she's like, nah, like I'm capable on my own. I can do this. They go out one day to try to track a lion that's causing some trouble. And she's like, oh shit, you know what? There's some tracks here that don't look like a lion. I think it's a predator. She didn't say that, but she knew that, that there was something else going on besides a lion. Right. Yeah. Um, but aside, aside from all that, I just, the movie was very satisfying, and I'm glad that it went to a simple premise. It didn't try to over-convolute it with like a bunch of different storylines going on. It just kept it simple. You have a terrifying hunter with future technology in a time period where people have bows and axes. Let's see how this you know shapes up. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed the movie. I really did. But they totally showed how skilled of hunters and warriors they were. I thought they did a really good point on that, especially with the main character. I, no, I, I thought so too. And none of it felt like, like there, there's like, there's one action sequence in particular where she's kind of sliding around and, and kicking people's ass, but it didn't feel like over the top. Like it didn't feel like it was like overly choreographed and she's doing like backflips and, you know, doing stuff that would be unrealistic yeah. for like somebody in that time period to do. It all felt very plausible. Um, and I don't know. I just, I really liked how you put the predator in a different period setting. I think it, it totally opens up the challenges creatively for how do you have these two fight and actually have it be a balanced battle? Because I, I, I know some people were worried when they saw the trailers, they're just like, well, wouldn't the predator just whoop this thing's ass with a gun? Like how, how simple would that be? But if you haven't seen the original, I mean, Arnold, I don't want to spoil it, but it's been out since 87, so I don't think, <laughs> I think it's much of a spoiler. Um, but Arnold ends up having to basically go tribal with it because the guns and machine guns and, and all their military strategy don't work worth shit. He has to go back to basically being primal and fighting it with traps and strategy and things like that. So I think it actually lends itself perfectly to this time. I don't know. I mean, what did you think about that? No, I think that's completely accurate because, you know, <clears throat> that's basically the way that this movie took on the Predator. I haven't seen the first one, but by the way that you just described it, it seemed like a pretty nice callback to the original. Yeah. And, and I guess, like, what did you think about just, you know, an alien showing up during this time? I mean, like, did you get right away that it's just kind of there to hunt people? Or did you just think, like, this thing's just dropped in to do whatever? 
Well, the way I would look at it is that obviously the Predator is a more advanced alien species that they probably came and went for quite a while. So they already existed during this time, in my opinion, just mm-hmm. based off of how advanced their technology is. So I think it's very realistic that, you know, they would have shown up during this time and, you know, predators trying to find trophies that are the prey. <laughs> no, I, I mean, that that's exactly it, simply put. And and what I like that they also carried from the other Predator movies, and, and I'm, the movie does a good job of explaining this, the, the Predator, while being, you know, a killing machine, essentially, it does have a set of ethics, if you'll call it. Because you notice, like, if somebody, like, doesn't have a weapon or they're not considered a threat, he's not just going to mindlessly kill you, right? Like, he's no. only going after people that he considers to be worthy of his attention. Yeah, anything that's a threat. even That even goes with animals, too, that you'll see in this movie. He doesn't mm-hmm. start killing a bunch of rabbits or deer. He goes after things that could hurt him. I am glad that, that nothing... Uh, mild spoiler alert i won't go into too spoiler heavy on this but uh naru uh the character played by amber mid thunder she's the lead of the movie she has a dog with her and i was really glad i'm like don't don't let the predator kill the dog please like the dog's cool like i you know, oh, nobody dude. wants to see yeah. the dog die now, yeah the one scene i was about to be pissed and turn off the movie but Thankfully, it didn't happen. Yeah, the, the dog makes it that. out. Yeah, I was gonna say, if, if <laughs> animal people that are concerned, the dog makes it out. You'll you'll be perfectly fine on that. Now, I'm curious, John. Now you watched this. Did you watch this on Hulu? Or yeah. uh, okay, you on watched Hulu. it on Hulu, right? Yeah. Uh, how how was the quality of it? The stream. I mean, like, did you have any issues? Anything like that? No, <clears> I didn't. Surprisingly, no. But... That's good. From what well, I'm my, hearing, it it's <clears throat> worth going to the movie theater to actually see this movie. That's what I was going to ask you about. If this had been released theatrically, would it have been worth your time in the theater? Oh, yeah. If I didn't have COVID and I could have mm-hmm. been out in the public, I totally would have went out. But at least I have a 65-inch or 65-inch TV in my living room so i'm glad you said tv there i wasn't sure what was gonna yeah. happen there 65 <laughs> 65 inch something <laughs> but yeah i still felt like i had a very good viewing experience of it yeah considering and the circumstances i would have liked for it to have been in the theater um myself and, and i know like we're in we're still in weird waters when it comes to uh you know, COVID being a, a, a risk and, and people just gravitating more towards streaming content ever since it surged because of COVID. But a movie yeah. like this, it's like, shit, it would have worked well theatrically. I feel like it would have. I mean, you already have a built-in audience because you have fans of a franchise. So it's not like it's a new from scratch property. Um, I also felt like the R rating was actually good in this, but it didn't go over the top. Like it was brutal when it needed to be, but it wasn't excessive. Yeah, I think it was kind of on the light end of a rated R movie. It wasn't like there was a ton of cuss words, no nudity, sex scenes, things like that. It was literally rated R just for the pure, somewhat gore aspect and action aspect. But you need that in a movie like this, I feel like. Oh, dude, a movie, a Predator don't work if it's PG-13. Uh-uh. That's what you, I was you need. You need yeah. to see him tear up people. That's what yep. we want to see. We want to see the creative kills. We want to see the spines get ripped out. We want 
carnage. I mean, that that's what we want. Yep. Um, now, I, I guess just like going to back to like how it got released on Hulu. Um, I mean, I'm glad I was able to watch it. It's obviously nice to watch things from the comfort of your couch or wherever you're watching it from. But I, I'm still just disappointed that it's it's not coming out theatrically. And, and also, uh, I always try to tie in uh, physical media sometimes when I'm talking about movies because I'm big still on collecting Blu-rays, 4Ks, that whole <laughs> thing. It bums me out with a lot of these digital releases, and and perhaps this could get a physical release. I don't want to speak too soon. It could very well happen. But a lot of these oh. digital releases, they don't even bother with it. I guess, yeah, there's the production or the manufacturing and all that. That's mm-hmm. a big overhead. And if you haven't suckered people into a situation where they're only going to watch it once and then they leave the theater saying, oh, I'd like to watch this in a year from <clears> now. You know, because you never know with these streaming services if they're going to take them down or not. Exactly. I doubt this and, one will anytime <clears throat> soon, but. No, yeah. I, I don't think it would either. Um, and actually, on that note, I just saw this. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter and Variety, they both reported on this. And I, I'm just, I have the article pulled up here from uh, the Hollywood Reporter. So it says, and I quote, over the August 5th and 7th weekend, social media was buzzing over the new movie Prey. They talk about just, you know, its connection to the Predator franchise, etc. But on Tuesday, so literally today when I'm recording this, Disney said that the film scored number one premiere on Hulu to date. So any other thing that's premiered on Hulu since that platform's existed has not reached Predator. And that includes all film and TV series debuts. So literally this got watched more than anything else on Hulu. Well, even IMBD says its popularity is number one. Yeah, right now it's trending for sure. Um, so, I mean, obviously like I'm really happy for that. And I actually, I I was a nerd and I, I kind of looked into this. I'm like, why did it not get released theatrically? I'm like, why wouldn't they even try? And I found out that it's actually a contractual obligation on Disney's part and to why they didn't do it. That's what I was thinking too, because Disney has a lot of money behind them. And I, I was actually surprised that this was, Kind of, would you say it's produced by Disney or just paid um, for? So if you haven't known, uh, if you don't know this, or if anybody that isn't like steep into the film world knows all this stuff, I'll try to break this down. So 20th Century Fox was what previously was the the production company that put out these movies, right? Uh, I think I want to say about a year or two ago, it got bought out by Disney, Disney bought them out and then changed the name to 20th Century Studios instead of 20th Century Fox because they were associated with Fox, the corporation. <clears throat> so Disney bought this. Um, and so they uh, and they in turn own the rights for it. So while I would I don't want to say like, hey, Disney, the people that made Mickey Mouse produced a <laughs> violent predator movie. But yes, they are the umbrella company that owns them. But 20th Century Studios as a company still exists and and made the movie. If that makes sense. Makes sense to me. And and what I what I found out about the deal and how it went down is that when when COVID time was in its its prime and, and like things are really weird with that. Um, <clears throat> you recall HBO Max? They had like this deal. Where it's like, hey, if you agree to put a movie out on our streaming platform, you release it for 45 days, and then you dump it on the HBO Max. Do you remember that? 
I don't, I don't know if you but I, I do. Okay. I do have HBO Max. So. so there was a deal for a while because of COVID. Mostly Warner Brothers titles. I want to say a handful of other studios opted in for this. They would put the movie out theatrically for 45 days at least and then dump it onto the streaming platform, right? <clears throat> okay. So that was the initial deal. And I think what ended up happening is that this movie was in development before that, but Disney, for whatever reason, didn't seem to want to put it out onto HBO Max. They're like, we don't want to try to do the split model of part theatrical release and then streaming model. They're like, we just we just don't want to bother with it. They saw Hulu as a platform that they also own, and then they want to gain more interest. They want to get more of an audience there. So they're like, hey, we've done mostly like TV shows and whatnot on Hulu. Why don't we try to put more original film content on there? So I think they saw this as a as a mutually beneficial property that could put they could put out on Hulu to help grow the platform and have some brand recognition behind it, essentially, is what I looked at. That makes sense, because HBO's always been known for kind of blockbuster films being on there, or classics. I would say so. Did you see, uh, John, have you seen, by the way, the the stuff that's been happening with HBO? No. I'm not going to uh, be able to word it correctly exactly, but HBO, Discovery Plus, uh, Warner Brothers, there's like this merger that's happening right now, and they're talking about how HBO Max as a whole may actually get dissolved here in the near future and get absorbed with something else. Wow. I've yeah. heard about how bad the HBO company's like work culture is. I hear it's ran like a frat house. So that doesn't surprise me as far as them being absorbed by such a more larger and more probably corporate financial yep. steady <clears throat> company that they would want us kind of secure it and not have to worry about all that. I'll have to, I, I need to look more into the details of what's going on with that, but it's, I know it's kind of baffling to people right now because HBO Max, I mean, it seriously blew up over the pandemic. Their their streaming model worked and they had a lot of good content on there. So it's like it's hard to it's hard to fathom for the average consumer how HBO Max would actually be in jeopardy of its future because of someone else trying to buy it out for something that's already really popular. If that makes sense. HBO is? Uh possibly. Oh, I hear my wife just showed me this. She says HBO might be losing 70% of scripted yeah. content. Yeah, that's another part of it too. So they would end up losing a lot of content from that and it would just go to the standard HBO, not their streaming service. That freaking sucks because I'm, I'm a cord cutter, <laughs> so I don't have cable. <laughs> and in order to have the regular HBO <laughs> app, you have to log in through via cable. Yeah, no, I mean that that's that's exactly right. And again, I, I strongly say screen speakers. I don't know why you know what? Screen speakers. That's what that's what the fan base says. Why not? <laughs> um I strongly preface I have not researched this topic as much as I probably should. Um, uh, but yes, it is a little strange. And I'm glad you actually brought up the point of how like you sort of cut the cable, right? For cable. Because I think most so many of us, well, yeah, so many people have opted in for internet. Like millennials have. Yeah, I mean, they opt it's in so for the streaming cheaper. platforms. Like Mediacom, if I want to have the same type of content I have right now, I'm going to be paying close to like $200 a month just for the cable. I know. 
Anytime I honestly hear somebody having cable, I'm just like, why haven't you cut it? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Why why do you still have that? We have my in-laws have finally cut their cord. My grandparents have actually cut their cord. Um, It's kind of the new trend, because who wants to have to have a DVR to record your shows when they come out when you're busy, when you can just come home from work and watch what you want to watch that's usually released at midnight Mm -hmm. on streaming services? No, exactly. I know, um, I know like for like myself though, it, it can be a slippery slope. And and I say that because I've known people that when I start asking them, Hey, well, like, what do you watch? Like streaming wise? They're like, well, I have Netflix, Paramount plus Peacock. I have they you know, they rattle off like five, six different things. And I'm like, and, and what are you paying for that? And then they eventually tell me, and I'm like, that's literally almost actually more than what your cable bill is. So you actually like screwed yourself over again, just differently. <laughs> that's that's me, but I feel like once you even get into those, like I believe we have HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu, Shutter, mm-hmm. Paramount Plus, or can you pay yeah, for Paramount all those? Plus, um, Amazon Prime, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still feel like it's only about ninety to a hundred dollars a month. I mean, but you get, I feel like so you get your money's worth for it, right? Yeah, because like Shutter specializes in horror films. Peacock mm-hmm. has a lot of cool, kind of new starting series. HBO Max has your classics. Oh, and Netflix. I forgot about them, but don't tell anybody. We might be using a shared account. <laughs> Who isn't? I'll tell, I'll, tell, I'll tell everybody <laughs> out there right now, uh, I mooched off my older brother's account for years. He actually canceled his subscription recently, which is why I, I no longer actually watch Netflix. If I want to watch another title, I'll have to find another means to watch it through another person's account or just trial <laughs> account. I mean, I, you know, whatever. I might sign up for it again one day. I don't know. That's what me and my wife have been doing with Hulu is I canceled mine and then she got a free trial. So we just signed up through that through hers. Yeah. Did. Apparently on their birthday, they give you a free month or so. <laughs> uh, you're making me think of a, of a, of a story here. So I'm going to, I'm going to squirrel for a moment and then I'll, we'll get back into prey. But <laughs> now I won't name this place, but I, I used to work for a, a video game store for a while, local video game store, and they would sell new used video games, movies, cell phones, all kinds of stuff. And I remember when Xbox 360 was in its heyday, uh, used games would come in and they'd sometimes have like a two week trial that was like inside of them that the person hadn't used yet. Dude, I, I would totally like, like scam, you know, like, I don't know, like a month or two at tops, you know, and just start like rattling off the codes every single time I could. Uh, just, just to basically get free Xbox Live. <laughs> hey, when you're a college student or a struggling teenager, that's the way to do it. You know, you I, have to do... I feel like I was at the appropriate age. It was my early twenties. You know, I was, and, yeah. and I was in school. So yeah, damn it, I can use the starving college student thing. That's fine. Yeah. <clears throat> so jumping back in the prey, I'm curious, and I, and I don't expect anybody listening or even john here to be an expert about this but the comanche indian i am curious about this like from you viewing this movie john like how did you feel about just their overall portrayal i thought it was really interesting and really cool 
I've been appreciating how much more Native American culture has been kind of put into recent movies and recent TV shows. I'm a big fan of Reservation Dogs. I haven't seen that. I would highly recommend it. Now, where is that on? Is that is that FX? I want to say. Is that on Hulu, Chloe? I could be. I could be off. Reservation Dogs. I think it's on Hulu. Yep. Okay. And Taika, Taika Waititi two. like co-produces that or creates it, right? Like he he's involved with it, I think. I'm not quite sure who's by name is involved with it. I'm really bad with names. Well, real quick, if you had the elevator oh, pitch me, if you had the elevator pitch me on the show, I mean, like what what is it about? It's basically about the struggling life of a group of friends that are in their teens. Um, that lived through kind of poverty situation on a reservation and the different um, kind of little situations that they find themselves into and, you know, going through teenhood, all the different things that happen with friends falling in and out. So there's a coming of age element to it. Definitely. And Bill Burr, he has a little cameo role on it that's really good. Oh, does he? I didn't know that. I like Bill Burr. And also Bobby Lee. He plays, he has a reoccurring role on it. God, I haven't, and when I think of Bobby Lee, I think of him in the first Harold and Kumar movie. Is he That's, even in that? I don't he's think in the, he's in the, he's, yeah, he's in the very first one. Cause when he goes to like, uh, the Sydney Kim or whatever it is, the Harold, it's that, uh, the Asian frat girl that they have like that party there. He's in that scene. I swear to God. Okay. He might be in the background, but. Goodness, I'm trying to think. I always He's on remember Mad TV him from too. yeah, Mad TV. That's what I always think back of. Right, so I haven't seen I haven't seen that in such a long time, long, long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so 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 just going back to the Comanche Indian. So you overall felt felt like they were portrayed pretty well. Yeah, I did mm-hmm. hear somewhere though that during the seventeen nineteen. That it wasn't mm-hmm. the Comanches that would have been in that territory. Who would have I, been there? I think it would have been the Cheyenne. Okay. I, that's what I've heard. I'm not really sure because, I mean, I, I've only seen the movie once. And I know, like, it says the time period. And it says, like, I think it just says, like, Comanche nation, uh, nation I want to say. Like, I don't know if it specifies, okay. like, the province or, like, the state that it's at. Perhaps it does. I need to watch it again. Um, I know when I was looking at it, um, the information I did, I did some brief information, the re- uh, research on the Comanche, uh, it said, according to Wikipedia, that's my source. It's take it or leave it. Uh, they resided in Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, Kansas, Oklahoma, and, and some other various parts, but around that area is where they were supposedly at. So the, I can believe that. The thing I've seen, I'm I found it right now. It's that near the beginning, the Comanche tribe is shown, and there is a caption reading the Northern Great Plains mm-hmm. of September nine or seventeen nineteen. But by the seventeen by the eighteenth century, <clears throat> the Cheyenne territory would have been there, and then the Comanche would have been living in the Southern Great Plains. Okay, but I'm not an expert <clears throat> in Native American history by any means. So. No, uh, I, I, I'm fascinated by it and I would love to know more about it because I think they're a fascinating people and they have some beautiful culture that, that they have in history that obviously is echoed through time. And I think that's great. 
I know when I was looking at them, I mean, I don't think the movie did. First off, I don't think the movie did anything wrong with depicting them. I thought they depicted them as a a honorable, noble people. I thought they showed the society well. I thought like they looked uh, they I mean, they were cast appropriately. There's clearly Indian people that are cast in this movie. No big stars in this movie. So I think that's great. Um, Other research I did, I saw that they were a horse culture. Uh, they typically hunted bison and that they would also trade commonly with other Native American tribes in the area, as well as Span, uh, Spanish, French settlers and, and even American settlers as well. Pretty, pretty wild stuff, though. I eventually saw that over time, what ended up making them go away was that they got uh, decimated, essentially, by European diseases that the Europeans brought over when they came over to colonize. And there was warfare, uh, of course, them encroaching on their territory, forcing themselves on there, doing God knows what despicable things have happened to Native American people. And then I think it says by like the late, like, 1860s 1870s by that point they were all basically forced to live in indian settlements is what i saw that's like the cliff notes obviously yeah that was probably during andrew jackson shit is that when he was president march i bet it was because he was i think a big pusher and as far as uh can't remember exactly i should have done more research on it but it was called like the indian laws or something like that or the manifest destiny of us having to rule over the entire united states Jeez, the, I, honestly the fact that you read all that off i'm gonna sound like a terrible american let me tell you i can't name all of our presidents i can't could i tell you when andrew jackson was president no i could not i've heard of him he's on our money i know that much but I can't I can't tell you that much more than that. So even you saying that, I'm like, that's that's more than I would know. So Andrew Jackson. Yes. He was president from 1829 to 1837. So that would have fallen basically in that timeline. That's true. That's actually that's a, that's fascinating to think about, like just just presidents back then. Honestly, I mean, that's like a whole other podcast. If I could find a movie to talk about uh, presidents on, we'll we'll definitely do that. But that's, man, that's interesting. I don't even know how they would handle that. I can tell you're reading. It looks like you're reading. Yeah, trying to. Or right, what else no, did I you find? I have a high school education. Well, I'm trying of, to figure of, out who Andrew Jackson found out when he went to high school. <laughs> yes. Where did he go to high school? Let's let's okay, give a shout out to his law. alumni. <laughs> The law that I was thinking of is called the Indian Removal Act. Okay, that what's that? was put into place by 1830. That's where he forcibly removed most members of major tribes in the southeast to Indian territory. Jesus. Sub- subsequently known as the Trail of Tears. That's when I'm pretty sure we're known for handing out blankets filled with, um, I think it was smallpox or uh-huh. some sort of disease. Yikes. That yeah. is insane. I had to go on too big of a tangent, but yeah. No, that's okay. Hey, for anybody that appreciates Andrew Jackson, we did that segment for you. It's all for you. That's why he's on our $20 bill. <laughs> Dude, I couldn't even think of the the bill that he yeah. was on. Is he on the 20 or the 100? Who the hell's on, on the 100? 20. Who's on the 100? Um, is that Ben Benjamin, Franklin? Ben, yeah. I guarantee you there's someone listening being like, Jesus, you don't even know what's on a $100 <laughs> bill, you moron. What's the- 
Oh, oh my good. God. Um, no, I, I thought the Comanche were depicted pretty well. The only thing that I'll admit that took me out of the movie a little bit is sometimes when they spoke English. Yeah, and that was I, a little I, bit like, kind of weird. I mean, I get why they did it because commercially it's speaking, just... it's just going to be more accessible if they speak English. If pe- if you tell people it's a foreign movie and if they have to read subtitles, that exactly. turns off people. Yep. So it's like, I get it, and I don't feel like they demeaned it by any means, but what I'm happy about is that they actually did release a version of the movie, to my understanding, that is a Comanche version. Like, it's a full Comanche dub version where they speak the dialect, 100%. Oh, that's, that's really cool. I think that's awesome, uh, especially just for being culturally appropriate to the to the time and, and like what they're doing. I actually would like to watch the movie with the full Comanche dub. I think that would be interesting just to see how that plays as opposed to when they speak English. Cause again, just sometimes it would throw me off a little bit when they would speak the, uh, the English. Cause it would sound, it sound a little too modern. If that makes sense. Like the way that they spoke. Yeah. <clears throat> now, what did you think, uh, John of, of Amber Mid Thunder that played the lead. I mean, what did you think of her? Have you ever seen her in anything? Ever seen her in anything? She did a phenomenal job, and so did um, Dakota Evers. Yeah, that plays Tabby, the brother. Yeah, yep. They both. I really, really I really like their dynamic. Yeah, I was just gonna say I love their dynamic. I I like that he's like the older brother that's like you know, hey man, give my sisters a you know, give my sister a chance. Like she actually knows what she's doing. Like shut the hell up. Um, and he and he was he was cool. He he was really really cool. I liked. I mean, I not just as an actor. I mean, but like physically, I like he had some great action sequences, especially towards the end. I I I don't want to give any spoilers, but um, they they had some great moments together. And I thought Amber Mid Thunder, as far as her goes, uh, I think she's she's been in some TV shows. But this to me is like, this is going to get people's attention. To me, I would hope that oh, some other yeah. studios see this and they're like, we could use this person for other movies because she's clearly proven that not only can she do physical requirements of acting for something like this, but acting wise too. I mean, she she conveyed some serious emotion in the movie. But she gave a great yep. performance. There were some very moving. Now, let me ask you this on the subject, going back to proving yourself. Uh, she obviously as a woman at the time living in that time period, you know, woman cook, you don't hunt. I hunt. I'm man. You stay here and make me food and babies. Like, obviously that seems a little bit more prevalent around then, but I'm curious for you yourself. Have you ever had times in your life where you feel like you had to prove yourself with your family, friends, people around you? They just take you for granted? Oh, yeah. You know, especially, you know, when I had my daughter, you know, that was a big proven moment to show that I could step up and take care of the family. Um, my wife, she came down with an illness, um, myotonia congenita, which prevented her. What is that? Um, um, this. It's a mutation, but the simplest way to put it, it's the same condition that fainting goats have, where their muscles lock up, and it makes you really strong when you're younger, and as you get older, it becomes more and more constrictive. Mm-hmm. So there was a time before when she was pregnant that she was struggling to even go up and down the stairs, so 
I told her that she could stay at home. I she could quit her job and I would work and you know, it was kind of a proven point for me as far as making sure I didn't do anything to screw up and ruin the situation and it was a blessing at the same time cuz now I have a, a wife that's very helpful around the house and she's taking wonderful care of my child so so sometimes you know those risks that you take have good payoffs for them mhm I, I guess you know I, I can't speak for this. I, I'm not a I'm not a father just yet, though. I think it's in the works. It could oh. could happen. It could happen very well one of these days. Um, but why did you, I guess why did you feel like you felt the need to like prove to people that you could you know take care of another human? Oh well, because previous in my life, you know, I wasn't the most responsible person. <clears throat> you know, I was still in my young kind of living life every day as it goes and not really mm-hmm. caring about consequences. And then when you have a little one that looks up to you and depends on you, there's a lot more consequences if you are reckless and act up. Mm-hmm. You have somebody that you're responsible to take care of and it's a blessing, you know, makes me smile and laugh every day. So it's a hundred percent worth it. Mm-hmm. Are you it already... a lot of responsibility? Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I, I've heard that from, you know, other people that are like new parents, you know, they haven't had a kid just yet. It's like, it, it is kind of like a wake up call. Not, not to say that like everything you're doing before is like a mistake or anything like that, but it's like, you, you just sort of appreciate the preciousness of life and, and how much care it takes to actually foster a, a healthy person and just make them have a successful future. I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. Already starting college planning and all that. Have you really? Yep. Well, it's easier if you started early than later. So, do you know what you want her to go to college for? I wasn't sure if you're going to be like one of those parents where it's just like you're going to be a professional athlete. Do it. We support her in any direction she wants to go. She's only six months old, but she was born on was it National um, Women's Physicians Day? So, women's and our what did you say? Women's Physicians Day. Yes. So a woman doctor. Wonderful. I will tell you oh, there are fingers there, dude, crossed. There, dude, there's a, I mean, hey, that'd be a fantastic future for I don't want to say your daughter's name on the podcast, but that'd be a fantastic future for her, privacy reasons. Yeah. That's why we preserve that. Um I mean that'd be great. But I dude, there's a national holiday for everything. everything. Oh, there really is. Like shit, national it's exhausting. Day, national donut day. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to fault it. I'm not going to knock it. Am I going to pretend like I've never been like, Ooh, it's national donut day. Time for me to eat donuts. Donuts are good. It, it makes life tolerable. Su- only time I support national donut day was this year because my company <laughs> bought everyone donuts. So I was like, they really? oh, okay. Yep. I was like, this Dude, ain't too bad. <laughs> I Donuts are a thing, man. I don't care how healthy I'm trying to be. If someone's like, Hey, I got donuts. I'm like, all right, I'm in. Let's go. Though I did find out, sorry, go ahead. Don't you miss having Krispy Kremes around here? Uh, Yes, I do. I have nightmares every day. Dude, the closest thing that we have is like Quickstar has like those, uh, those Dunker donuts. And like, those are, those are pretty good. But it it ain't Krispy Kreme. It just, it isn't. Not a Krispy Kreme. Oh, John, did, did I lose you there? Nope, I'm here. 
Sorry, the audio keeps going somewhat wonky every now and then. No, you're good. I got you. What, what were you saying about Krispy Kreme? I'm saying those Dunkin' Donuts <clears throat> or Dunker Donuts, <clears throat> they don't equivalent to a Krispy Kreme simply glazed any day. No, they do not. Though for our listeners that are in the Iowa market, uh, I don't think I'm mistaken in saying this, but there is a Krispy Kreme in Des Moines. I'm pretty certain of that. If I'm mistaken, you can let me know for anyone that's in Iowa that's listening to this. But otherwise, yes, there is a Krispy Kreme that's in place. Krispy Kreme, the not at all sponsor of ScreenSpeak. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, real quick, just on the subject of proving oneself. Uh, I feel like I'd be I'd be mistaken if I didn't like talk about this myself. Um, there's definitely times I've had to prove myself. Uh, I won't turn this into a soapbox, but even like this podcast is a means of that to an extent. Because some people would arguably see me doing this as like a hobby, right? You know, it's like oh, like that's cute. Like you talk into a microphone, talk about movies, and oh, that's nice. But it'll you know it'll never pay the bills. And I'm not saying that this is going to ever become that. You never know. But fingers crossed. I have a passion for this. I I really I have had a passion for doing this for years. And I I think I would be lying to myself if I didn't say there was not a part of me that felt the need to show people that this is not just a casual hobby. Like this is something that I truly do care about and I think people want to connect with. Like there is instinctually, I think something about that with this. So that's something I can relate to. But outside of that, I mean, I'm, I'm not like a guy guy. If you tell me to go hunt a bear, hunt a lion, (laughs) we're we're screwed. We're going to starve. I ain't going to, I ain't going to do anything with that. I'm good with computers. (laughs) Not to share too much, but Jordan might be afraid of heights. He might freak out if you even get him on top of a one story roof and start lighting off fireworks at him. I was going to say, I'm like, what, what possible dirt do you have on me for going onto a roof? But then I'm like, oh yeah, your guy, your that dad's happened. house out in Palo. I'm sorry. I'll yep. say it. Whatever. You're fine. Yep. He don't live yeah, there I, no more. Dude, I was freaked out by that. <laughs> I don't even well, understand I why. Was it just because like, it was like, I didn't know how to get down. I think it was that. And also I started breaking out bottle rockets and firing them off willy nilly. Yeah. I remember I was, uh, (laughs) I was a little bit of a puss child back then. If I can, if I can say that, uh, I, I didn't like the loud noises. I didn't like the loud noises, man. And you, and you just tried to be an ass and and scare the shit out of me with (laughs) fireworks. Thank God. It was a very enjoyable moment for me. Sorry. I always I always remember that you like ever since I've known you, I've known you longer than anybody else in my life. You've always been a little bit of a pyro. Always yeah. a little bit. I you I think you, yeah, you just said yes. So if there's a chance to make someone go boom or to set something on fire, luckily I haven't had any charges <laughs> and not planning to. I think it might interfere with my job. So we don't, don't want that. I, yeah, I think that's out of my future. <laughs> now, jumping back into Prey, the movie, I want to talk about the actual Predator himself. So, you have a, you obviously haven't seen a bunch of the different Predator movies, but what did you think about just him as a creature? I mean, like, did you think that he was menacing? Was he scary? Was he 
overpowered? I mean, what did you think about him? Menacing and overpowered if he would have used his suit the way I would have. Mm-hmm. I feel like his invisibility cloak, he did not take advantage of that much. Yeah, he and... did it early on, but then he got like, covered in bear blood, and then he's just like, ah, like, eh, I give up. It. I gotta clean off the sensors first. <laughs> so the invisibility yeah. cloak, he could have used more. Oh, yeah. And also, I feel like his awareness to his own weapons was completely... It didn't seem like he was very safe or acknowledgeable with how his own weapons worked. It seems like he just took advantage of them. How so? Um, without giving away too much, I'm sure it's in the other um, Predator movies, but his helmet that he wears with the uh, laser sights, mm-hmm. it seemed like at a couple points, like he completely became unaware of you know how they worked. Right. It's like early on in the movie, he's using it for what makes sense for the scene. But then maybe afterwards, he's like, ah, like, whatever. Yeah, I'm still superior than these people. I feel like that was kind <laughs> of his mentality. I know I some, well, I know some people online, like they, I was reading comments, they were talking about how like, well, this is 300 years earlier. The predator is like a more primitive animal then. So he wouldn't be like as advanced, but I'm like, okay, you know what? He's still being dropped off by a spaceship. I think he's relatively yeah. advanced. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if cloaking abilities. Too. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if I buy like that argument for it, but I also understand like why you wouldn't give him access to like phaser guns and lasers and things like that because for the period it's works better if he's more primal you know i mean like he has like his shield that expands he's killing people more with his hands and like that's fine but i think like if they had given him too much of an advantage it would have taken people out of the movie they'd just be like well why am i watching there's no tension it's just gonna kill this person like who cares true and i also think like for how high tech his weapons were and how strong they were why wasn't his armor stronger like he was getting cut open by little things i want to i want to say there's a scene in the movie where he might even got cut open by like a tree branch just by moving around or something like that it's like okay you get 20 comanche warriors with arrows and if they have sights on him if he got lazy with his cloaking technology I almost felt like 20 arrows at the same time of volley <laughs> of them would have taken them out. It would have been well, a shorter movie, of course. Well, no, I mean, that's a good point. And, and, and not to mention that eventually, like once there's like those French fur trappers, the one that skinned all the buffaloes and do everything, they have that great scene where it's kind of like the foggy, uh, barren forest there. And like, they all try to shoot him with like their muskets, which I did appreciate the scene where they have to all stop and like reload. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. the brother's just like, I'm about to screw, I'm about to mess you up. <laughs> like, yep. you have no idea. Rampage I like that. Mode activated. That was definitely nice. But even like, yeah, like the French fur trappers, I mean, like they shot him with like their, you know, their guns. I'm not saying a musket or a revolver is not threatening, but yeah, it didn't Back really. Back then, those were probably 50 caliber balls. Those are big ass rounds. Do you, I, I mean, I play, uh... Sorry, go a ahead. little bit of a. I play a Civil War game, so I know some of the calibers of those muskets from the day. What's the Both game? Both of them were like fifty. Um, I think it's called Civil Rights. 
Or no, not like, Civil Riot Scott. That would be a different game. Yeah, that sounds, I was say, that sounds like Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have my Steam opened up right now, but yeah. So it's available on Steam. Oh yeah, it's so um, probably not Civil Riot. Search Civil game. Civil War. Yeah, you'll find it. Or no, it's called War of Rights. That's where I got it mixed up. Okay, War yep. of Rights. It's available on Steam. Check that out. Yep. Um. Yeah, I, you know, something else that I thought of with this movie is, uh, I'm sure you've heard of the book, and I'm expecting to know everything about it, but you've heard of The Most Dangerous Game, I'm sure, right? Oh, yeah. I think we read it in high school. Or at least I, I think it. it, I mean, it's one of those books that's like a required curriculum book for certain schools. Uh, it's originally published in 1924 uh, by Richard uh, Richard Connell. Uh, Connell, I think I'm saying that right. Um but I, I I do like that Predator feels like it's it's influenced by that, just that it's it's about the thrill of the hunt, right? Like that's why you're watching it. It's just seeing how yep. a person's going to survive against a predator that's trying to kill it and vice versa. Like who's gonna come out on top? Wasn't most dangerous game about people hunting people or uh sorry. Oh sorry. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I think in the original story, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it's like an architect washes up on like an island somewhere, and it happens to be owned by a Russian aristocrat, and he's like, "Yeah, I own this thing, and you washed up, and I'm gonna try to kill you." Like, I, I, I could be totally off on that, but that's what I think it's about. I think he gives them like a, an hour or something head start, and then he's like, "I'm gonna track you down." They ended up making a movie. Uh, this is going to date me a little bit. There's this movie from the 90s with uh, Gary Busey and Ice-T, like the rapper Ice-T. I think it's called Ice like... Ice-T's sur- sur- movie? Yeah, no, it's called Surviving the Game. Uh, Rucker, okay. ha- Rucker Hauer is the main bad guy, the guy from Blade Runner. And it's literally about like a bunch of rich assholes that kidnap this homeless person. They drop him in a forest and they're like, okay, we'll give you a head start. And and they just try to hunt him and kill him. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but do you ever watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I watched the first couple of seasons. I mean, I, I like the show. It's fun, but I haven't like kept up with I it. I want to say by season five or season six, um, Dennis and Mac, the kind of two, one of the two out of the four main characters, or two out of five main characters, they yeah. go on a manhunt, and Danny DeVito <laughs> impersonates Rambo the whole time. He oh thinks he was Rambo's life. <laughs> and they try to hunt a homeless person named Cricket. <laughs> it's worth watching. Do you yeah, know what season this is That reminds me of it. It's either five or six. I just, I've been on a binge because I've been at home quite a bit. So oh, I just watched it. So my wife right now, we're I'm showing her Parks and Rec. That's the show that we're watching right now, as oh, far as TV shows go. I mean, it's 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 fun, but Always Sunny in Philadelphia that would be a good one. I got to keep that in my back pocket because there's a lot of good content there. Also, I love that Danny DeVito is so not self conscious about himself and is willing to make fun of the fact of him app- apparently being a Rambo type, despite what he looks like. I think that's hysterical. Hysterical. It's called Manhunters. I'm trying to find what season. Oh, first episode of the fourth season. So okay. If anybody wants to watch it, it's hilarious. So what's the episode called again? 
Mac and Dennis Manhunters. And it's, you said season four, right? Yep, episode one. All right. Always Sunny in Philadelphia fans, check that out. Or if you're not and you trust John, which I would, he's right on this. I promise you it's funny. <clears throat> um, and Vito, you can't go wrong. Last thing, last thing that I want to talk about when it comes to just Prey and everything going on with it. Um, obviously, like there's a very primal feel to this movie. You know, you have an alien creature hunting the Comanche. The Comanche Indian is using the, you know, axes, arrows, the environment to try to defend it, you know, defend herself and her tribe. You know, so it's very primal. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm like pounding my chest here, right? Sorry, that's a little primal yep. for this, but <laughs> what I'm curious about is what are your thoughts just overall on hunting? I mean, like, do you hunt? Do you understand the thrill of the hunt? I've never been hunting. I grew up on a farm. I respect it as long as you're not, you know, somebody that's not going to eat the meat. You're just doing it for a trophy. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I wouldn't respect the predator because he's literally just doing it for a trophy. That's um, true. He's not going to eat the human. Yeah. So I think it's an ethical way to source your meat if you are a meat eater. You know, you know you're getting the freshest meat possible. Of course, nowadays here in Iowa and all over the United States with deer, you have to watch out for. Um, there's a flesh eating disease that makes you. I think they call it like zombie deer or something like that. Ugh. It makes you allergic to red meat the rest of your life. The re- Wait, the rest of your life? Yes, there's not a cure for it. Holy so hell. that's why a lot of hunters right now have to send their a sample of their deer meat in to get tested to make sure. It's mainly an older deer. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you get a younger one, you know, that's where most you know trophy hunters get in trouble because they go for the older bucks. And it's more possible that they could have this disease. But yeah, that's, I, I support it. You know, most hunters really respect nature and they don't want to kill everything like the way people did with the bison so that you have no more to hunt. Mm-hmm. So they're more into conservation than most people are. And that's what hunting tags go towards and hunting license. They pay for our local taxes to help make sure that we have healthy wildlife populations. So I'm I'm not somebody that's against it. And, you know, I'm also not a hater on those, what do they call it, a grin and smile or where they basically take a picture with your kill. I, I'm not one of those PETA persons. Oh, you know. right, right. Um, so as long as you're going to, you know, cut up the meat and eat it, as long as it's able to be eaten, you know, I support it 100% because most hunters are very respectful and most of them don't try to shoot the deer as many times as they can. They try to go for one clean kill because it's less to clean up and more humane. Yeah. And they live a better life than, you know, most cattle that grow up in a factory farm where, you know, or even chickens and pigs like that, where chickens are raised in Tyson-funded um, coops that they're not even allowed to have sunlight in. And then they're fed a bunch of hormones, so... I respect it. It's an ethical way to force your meat. Yeah, I I know for myself, uh, I mean, I've been hunting like once when I was, I don't know, we'll call it like 13, 14, around that range. My mom had a ex-boyfriend. He, oh, you know, yep. he, you know who I'm talking bro. about. <laughs> yep. 
we went hunting uh, with him. Like it was up in like Manchester, Iowa, I want to say. And it was like, it was literally like a one-time deal. I wasn't even allowed to carry a shotgun. I think I just had to like be like the, you know, the little hunting bitch and like pick up uh, rabbits or whatever they ended up shooting at. Cause my older brother was with me and, and he tried it. I don't need, he got to like shoot the gun like one time. Um, I don't think like, like morally speaking, I don't have like something against hunters. I, I understand the need for it. Uh, I know with deer, especially they can be overpopulated in certain regions. They cause problems. They can also cause accidents. So it's like this population control to an extent. Um, I think I would agree with you in large part, most hunters, there's always going to be in a bad apple and everything, but most hunters that take it seriously, they're not trying to make the animal suffer. You know, like they understand the, the hunting process. They understand like what it's for. They're not there to try to like be a dick and just shoot it in the knee just to see it you know limp around that wouldn't really be good i know uh shit it was a uh, ted nugent i think i i listened to him he was oh, on yeah. joe he was on joe rogan's podcast i listened to that too yep he's a he's a big uh big nra guy i think and he loves hunting but he was saying how he's like yeah man he's like i go up in a helicopter and blast them and i was like holy shit like that's, that's that's for the boar hunts because boars are boars. Wild, yeah, no, yeah. not not deer. Yeah, let me get that wild right. boars. They're very destructive to the local ecosystem, and they mm. also reproduce like rabbits. So that's why they actually pay professional hunters to go up in those helicopters. Sometimes even at night with silencers and Isn't that crazy night vision and everything, and they just they kill a bunch of them. And sadly, they don't eat the meat. Even though I've heard wild boar isn't bad. Mm-hmm. But I guess there's just so many of them that it's just, you know, kind of an emergency. Yeah, I just, I, look, I don't want to offend any of the animal people out there. I like animals too, okay? I do. Even cows. I feel guilty about eating them, but I like them. I like cows. I like pigs. I like all these things. I, I, I wish that nothing had to be hunted, okay? But this is the real world. I, I feel like it's just going to happen. Well, Jordan, there's uh, impossible meat out there. Wait, what? Impossible meat? Is it Beyond Meat? What is it? Impossible Burger. What, is that? what does that mean? It's a soy-based meat substitute. The, they, what? they flavor soy. Like, right. Have you ever heard of soy like green? Yeah. It's basically like that. And they form it like Burger King has one. McDonald's just discontinued theirs. What? It's a vegetarian version of a burger. Have you had it? I've had them growing up, and I actually didn't mind them. I thought my mom, she was always on crazy health kicks and diets, so right. I, I didn't mind the soybean burgers, but, man, something about a nice cowboy steak after a nice week, you know, that, that hits my spot. Or some bacon and eggs in the morning. Oh, dude, I hear you. I've been on a waffles kick lately with breakfast. <laughs> my God. I mean, I'm having frozen waffles. I'm not going to pretend they're made from scratch, but damn it. Waffles are, are <laughs> a, a very appealing to me right now. Um, I, I know on the, on the, on the subject of hunting, I'm, I'm trying to trying to finish the thought that I had here on this. All right. No, 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 it's, it's good. All, all I was going to say is if someone were to offer me a helicopter ride to snipe like a boar or something like that, I'll be honest, man. There's a part of me that I'm like, that sounds sick. That yeah. sounds wild. Like, let's go, <laughs> let's go hunting. Like, I, I, I would be lying if that part of me is not there. Would I actually do it? 
I don't know. I mean, I've never had like a true animal in my scope. You know, I don't even have a scope to begin with. I don't have a gun. So I don't know. But ugh, I, I, we'll, we'll see. But a part of me, I yeah, shit, it's appealing. I'll be honest. It sounds cool. Only, it sounds awesome to me, too. But the only thing that would steer me away, I don't own a gun either. And I feel like I wouldn't be a good enough shot to make sure I put the animal down in one shot. I feel bad, even if they are an invasive species that's destroying the ecosystem and causing yeah. ground erosion. If I shot one and it just ran off and I couldn't get another shot on it quickly and it had to suffer because I'm a bad aim. Yeah, that would be a moral, a morally complicated thing to have to deal with. Um, trying to think, man. Uh, I think I've said most of my thoughts on this movie. Ta- I mean, go see Prey. Watch it on Hulu. Uh, if it gets ever released theatrically, I'd check it out there. Uh, I'd also highly advocate for the uh, the Comanche dub if you could watch it that way. But I had a really great time with this movie, and I really enjoyed talking about it with you. Yeah, me too. And I definitely recommend it as well. Being basically my first true Predator movie, it makes me actually want to go back and see where the franchise started from. And, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, we need to have a movie night for that. You and me, you come over to my place. We'll, we'll make it happen. I'll, I'll come over there. I don't, I don't care. We'll watch it. You let <laughs> me know. Down. Yep. Um, last question I have for you on predator and then we'll wind this down or pray you, John, John Orman, you get put yep. into the woods. A predator's there. Do you think you can take it? Um, no, I would be in the fetal position, making myself <laughs> not be a, a threat at all. Yeah, I was gonna say no weapons. He might he might not touch you. Yeah, uh, like this is a defenseless kill. Is this really worth your time? Walk past me. <laughs> so you, yeah, so you would do fetal position, just totally go limp and just be like, ah, like the predator will probably leave me alone. Yeah, I'd probably be also crying and defecating like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, am I going to act like I have a different response than that for myself? (laughs) Uh, I'm not like a a big, strong man that knows like jujitsu or combat or let alone fires guns. Uh, not really depending on the situation. I mean, circumstance plays a big factor into this. So, I mean, what do I have around me? Do I have things I could actually feasibly work with? Is it threatening Isola? Like, is it threatening my wife? Is it going to try to kill her? You know, how adrenaline up am I to defend myself against the predator? I don't know. I agree with that 100%. If my six-month-old had a little toy gun and I thought it was yeah. going to register as a threat, I might, you know, take a large stick and start whacking at it. Knowing that we're all going to die in the end, but I would give it my <laughs> best shot, you know? <laughs> uh, no one do that with your children. John's <laughs> purely talking hypothetical. Just want to make that. 100% clear, but uh, that is a funny notion. <clears throat> All right, buddy. Uh, I want to start winding this down by getting into what I was going to talk about at the beginning of this episode, which is the one-year anniversary of Screenspeak. I got to plug that in here. So first off, to anybody that's been listening from the beginning, anyone that I've had on as guest, John is, of course, included. Uh, I can't thank you enough for, for the support. Uh, it really does mean a lot to me. Uh, this is truly a passion project of mine. I love movies. I love film as an entertainment medium. I love discussing it. I love expanding thoughts on it. And I love promoting uh, 
promoting it where where it makes sense to. And so this this is just something I really, really care about. And so I really appreciate anybody that's been listening since the beginning. And if you haven't been listening since the beginning, I also appreciate you for coming by and giving it a listen. I hope that you find some informative movie-related content on here. Hope that you find the conversations interesting, entertaining, enthralling, whatever you want to call it. I just hope that you get something out of your time here at ScreenSpeak because it really, truly does mean the world to me. And... To show you how much it means the world to me, I'm going to roll out an exclusive contest that's going to be running for a set period of time that I'm going to explain to you all right now. So, like I said, it's hard to believe I've had this thing going for a year, but to celebrate ScreenSpeak and to continue the growth of the podcast and to show my appreciation for you all, I am going to give one person a chance to win an awesome movie prize pack. So, one winner can potentially receive all of the following. First, you can receive a Quinn Movie Night Popcorn Variety Gift Kit. Comes with three different flavors of popcorn, including aged Parmesan and rosemary, real butter, and white cheddar and sea salt. It's all organic. I'm trying to think of where it gets it gets grown from. They use pure uh, maple, Vermont maple sugar. It's vegan, plant-based, sunflower oil. It's I mean, I promise you, this is as healthy as popcorn can get with a delicious flavor behind it. So that's going to be one of the giveaway items that's in this exclusive prize pack. Next, <clears throat> you can also win a mystery Blu-ray. So I will be giving away a favorite brand new copy of a movie of mine of Screen Speaks for you all to enjoy and watch on your home theater. So hopefully you can appreciate that. The winner will also receive two Screen Speak stickers that you can put on like coffee mugs, laptops, refrigerators. I, I don't care where you put this. Stickers. Stickers are fun. People like them. And then there's also a movie buff coffee mug that I have included on this. It's really great. It has a bunch of movie references for diehard film nerds on there. And the bottom of the cup reveals all the different movie references on there. So it's a great conversation starter with people at the table or just one for your own amusement to drink out of. So one winner is capable to win any and all of these things. Here is what you have to do in order to enter to win this. So when you find this post mentioned on social media, it'll get mentioned on my Instagram for the podcast, which is at ScreenSpeak Podcast. Uh, and it will also be on the Facebook community page. That's right. ScreenSpeak now has a dedicated Facebook community page that fans of the podcast can get together and interact and talk about the podcast, talk about movies, talk about whatever you want. But it's a community for you to be able to talk about it. So, rule number one, like the post when you see the contest being referenced. Number two, share the post when you see it and tag at least two friends in order to be entered into the contest. Three, follow ScreenSpeak. That should be a given, but go ahead and follow the podcast. And then four, request to join the Facebook community page for the podcast. So if you do like the post, Share the post and tag two friends, follow ScreenSpeak, and request to join the Facebook community page. You will be entered in to win this awesome movie prize pack that's from yours truly, Jordan Anderson, the host of ScreenSpeak. 
the contest is going to be kicking off on August 13th. So that's when this episode will have uploaded and it's going to run through to uh, September 3rd of 2022. About five days after that, I'll draw a winner randomly and send them a direct message saying that they have won the prize. Uh, if I can't find your contact information, rest assured, I will do what I can to reach out to you and obtain that. Uh, you may only enter once into the contest, must be at least 18 years old, and be within the continental U.S. to win the prize. Unfortunately, international listeners, I'm sorry, I can't afford international shipping just yet, so U.S. shipping is what I got to stick with. Um and the contest itself, it's in no way sponsored, endorsed, or administered, or associated with Facebook, but that's where you'll see it as well as on Instagram. So please, please check out that contest, share it with your friends. It's it's my way to thank you and help to promote ScreenSpeak. So I really hope that you get something out of it. It's a really cool prize pack. I think you'll really like it for the lucky winner that gets it. And of course, once I draw that winner, I will announce them in the podcast that's associated with when that winner is announced. Also, I will be doing a dedicated one year anniversary podcast episode where it's going to be a little bit more open forum. I'm not going to be talking about one specific movie. I'll talk a little bit more about life, what's going on with the podcast in the past year, and more importantly, what are the plans for year two and how you as a fan can contribute and help get the podcast further than where it is right now. So, Please, please do that. It would mean so very much to me, uh, and I and I really think that you'll you'll enjoy the podcast if you continue to listen to it and and share it with your friends and family and coworkers or hell strangers in the street. I don't care anybody that likes it. <clears throat> John, you're still there, right? Yep. <laughs> Thank you so very much for letting me pitch that. Uh, any final thoughts that you have on Prey or Screen Speak or anything that is on your mind? Everyone go and check out follows, um, join the community page, you know, make sure to post and like, um, tag two friends, get involved with this awesome little giveaway, you know, it'll mean in the world to the entire screen and speak community, you know, let's grow this. Dude, I, I love you, man. Love the support. Uh, John's a groomsman at my wedding. I'll just tell you that right now. He's, he's personally involved with me, but Great friend of mine. I, I enjoyed talking pray with you. Hopefully you enjoy the time conversation. Uh, but otherwise, sir, I'll I'll just catch you later. And if you didn't hear, John John is COVID right now. I mean, you said it. I didn't say it. <laughs> yeah. You did. Uh, yeah. He has COVID, but let's let's wish him well. He'll he'll be okay. Hopefully by the time this episode airs, he'll 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 be over the hump for it and he'll be better. So for sure, feeling better every day. You know, thanks for having me again, Jordan. You know, this was a blast. Hope to come back again another time. You know, you take it easy, man. Absolutely. And I will also say your wife is welcome to come on too. Even if she doesn't like movies that much, I'm I'm totally open to the ladies. They are welcome on this podcast. I think she would have a great time. She's a little bit, you know, shy, but here's the thing. No camera. I don't have video support for this. It's all audio. It's just your voice. That's it. Hopefully next time. Okay. <laughs> All right, buddy. You take care. Thanks for your time so much again. I really appreciate it. Yep, no problem. Thank you, too. Yep, great. All right, see, see you, buddy. Bye-bye.